Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. In today's episode, I want to talk about the art of waiting and seeing, coping with health anxiety, and this is a listener question and answer. So I would like to just jump right in and read the email from our listener. She said, May I begin by saying how informative and comforting your podcasts are. Thank you for taking the consideration and time to reach out to every one of us who needs a friend who understands. Could I please ask a quick question, which I don't think has been raised recently, and it is this. She says, I am a 72-year-old lady and have suffered from panic attacks and anxiety since I was 11. In those early days, my parents didn't understand, and I used to get smacked for having a panic attack. When I tried to explain how I was feeling, my father would tell me not to be so stupid and to pull myself together. I don't have panic attacks anywhere near the strength and magnitude I used to because I understand them now, but I do still suffer from acute anxiety at times. However, despite suffering a myriad of anxious symptoms over and over again many times without anything terrible ever happening to me, how come I cannot accept them, dismiss them, and ignore them without constantly thinking, well, nothing happened last time, but perhaps this time I need to take notice, as this time something might really be wrong. Something might happen this time. I would love to be free of this fear. I would love to be able to tell myself it's nothing to worry about and believe it and simply carry on. But I don't seem to be able to convince myself that nothing will happen. When the wobbly legs or sudden rush to my head or dizzy feeling or ringing my ears or whatever overtakes me happens, I want to be able to say to myself, it's okay. You've been here many times before. Nothing will happen. And believe it. I know whilst I think like this, I'm keeping my anxiety alive. But how do you not worry about feelings which can feel so awful, so frightening? You'd think I'd be so used to these feelings by now, but I'm always afraid this current particular feeling is the one. Please, can you help me with this? I would be so interested if you could advise me. Thank you. Well, first, I want to thank our listener for sharing that letter because you are not alone. I have heard this so many times. I think younger people may not understand how things were when we were kids. We did not have therapists and there were not podcasts and anxiety. Mental health wasn't talked about. 
yes, I have no doubt that your father said those things to you. And it was a different time. And that certainly did not help your stress. And you have done an amazing job to be able to pull yourself so far out of the wormhole. I think it sounds like you're out of the wormhole because you are talking now about acute anxiety. You are not chronic. This is awesome. And I hope you can keep going. I think today's show will be helpful for you. And I wanted to start because what I'm going to talk about is about feeling the fear. And I wanted to share a quote from Susan Jeffers, who actually has a book by the same title as this quote, feel the fear and do it anyway. Again, that's Susan Jeffers. It is the way we get out. We feel the fear and we do it anyway. Nowadays, they would call that exposure therapy, but that's the way. If you want to read that book, I think that would be a, a fun thing to do. It's a, it's a light book and it's small and has a lot of great information and points in there and how to feel it and do it anyway. And so I hope you understand that what you were talking about, dear listener, is that what you have is a very common issue. And the quote that you said, what if this time I am really in danger? Like, I hear this all the time from people who have made really good progress in their anxiety clearing, and now they're down to the long tail. It's like all the worry moved into this statement of concern. What if this time, what if this is the one? I do call it the long tail of clearing anxiety because it pops up during stressful times, which is why you, our dear listener, might be in the phase of having acute anxiety. It's our job now to remind ourselves that we can wait and see. It's the fear of the fear that can so easily send us back down the wormhole. And that's why we have the long tail of it. It really does take time to keep reinforcing that we are okay and believe it. Slow things down is the answer. If there is an emergency, it will be made clear. Everything always goes better with a little calm. So rather than immediately going into the danger mode, give yourself some time, some space by slowing things down and see if things can look and feel different. It's important to acknowledge your feelings and validate your concerns. We cannot just ignore them. We must acknowledge them. But we can also question them. We can remind ourselves of how many times we have been here before and all was well. It sounds weird, but we begin to not care so much. It's like, yep, here it is again. As our listener put it, wobbly legs or sudden rush to my head or dizzy feelings or ringing in my ears or what overtakes me. But we begin to not care so much when those things pop up. You can add something along the lines of, isn't that interesting? Or, huh, maybe I'll slow things down for a bit as everything goes better with calm. It is important for you to be able to notice that it's there 
and really bring yourself to the place where you're talking to yourself and saying, but I don't really care. It's happened before. I'm kind of tired of it and I'm not going to be bothered with it. It's okay to not care. When we can have the feelings that used to send us screaming for help even, we can have those and not even care that they're there anymore. We really do get there, believe me. And I think you're well on your way. So when they pop up, just realize, ah, this is that long tail. This is going to take some practice. And what you are having is real life practice. So say, isn't that interesting? And let it be. Or, huh, maybe I'll just slow things down for a bit. And why do I say that? Because sometimes we are rushing around in life that we are kicking things up. We're kicking up our fight or flight by moving a little bit in a scary kind of way. Like, oh, there's a problem. There's a problem. No, there's not a problem. My feet are on the ground. I'm breathing. I'm handling everything that is in front of me. I don't have to go into the fight or flight. And that's the feelings that you're getting. When you kick up that fight or flight, you get all of those feelings that you so aptly described of wobbly legs and sudden rush to your head, dizzy feeling and ringing in your ears. Yes, that's fight or flight feelings. And you can have life going too fast and just kick that up. So just slow it back down again. You get to choose. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The point is to let it pass without adding more fuel to the fire. And that's what you're afraid of. You're afraid of having those feelings and going, uh-oh, here we go again. It's a problem. What's going on? Why do I have this? That's adding fuel to the fire. And you know it because you said it in your letter. Why is it still happening then? Because it takes a lot of practice. 
So don't give up. You're so close that you don't even know how close you are. It's a simple task, but it's not easy to do. I know it. To let it pass without adding more fuel to the fire. This is why we have to practice. And practice is like training for the big game. Doing the skills and plays over and over again when it doesn't matter, when you're not in the game, but doing them so that you have mastery of them on game day. And game day for us is everyday life. And training is our practice on the meditation cushion, in our journals, in our self-talk, our sleep habits, dietary choices, and learning our triggers and so on. And some other practices that may be able to help you manage is with deep breathing, mindfulness, and exercise. These can also help you to keep your nervous system from too quickly going into the fight or flight. You could also practice exposure times, and this involves gradually being around, exposing yourself to the situations that trigger your anxiety in a safe and controlled environment. This helps you to desensitize the feelings to the fear and helps you to build confidence. Now, this is going to happen for you in real life. So you can just reframe when you get those feelings, the dizziness, the wobbling feeling, reframe it to not having a panic attack or anxiety attack. But you're in practice for game day. You're in practice. Your real life situation is going to be part of your practice also, because you're going to remember, here I am. This is game day. Now I get to do all the things that I was building up to being calm in this situation. And even that is a practice for you to do it, to pull up that ability to relax your muscles, the ability to take a longer, slower exhale, the ability to relax your belly so you can take a real regular breath. You have been practicing that enough. You will be able to do it sooner and sooner. But you have to acknowledge that that's what you're doing. So it's kind of game day and practice all at once. And every time you do it, you are moving, but you are not moving so much that you are going to be able to see it. You're going to say, I keep doing this and keep doing this and it doesn't change, but it will. Please trust me on this. Keep doing it. Don't care so much when it pops up. Oh, here it is. Isn't that interesting? Totally non-judgmental. As soon as we put a judgment on it, we risk going into fight or flight. Also remember that anxiety attacks are not life-threatening and that you can get through them. So again, don't care if it comes. Oh, well, if I get the wobbly legs, the dizzy head, and spin out, and my heart starts pounding, and I have a panic attack, oh well, who cares? It is not life-threatening. I will get through it. Another thing that you can do is to check in, to develop a plan, so to speak. Many people check in with our group when they feel this kind of stuff coming up. Oh, let me check in with people who kind of get it, and kind of talk me off the ledge a little bit here. And you don't feel so alone because a lot of anxiety 
what feeds a lot of anxiety is our feeling alone with it. But you can take little steps to sit with the discomfort during these times that it pops up. And have a plan in case you are thinking you're going to worry. I don't know if it's a lot of people, let's use heart attack because that's what a lot of people worry about because it involves our heart beating so hard, right? So have a safety plan set up so that you know that you know what you would do if you gave it time and you did your breathing and you relaxed and you start to have worse symptoms that are beyond what your normal anxiety attack was. Because anybody listening to this show has probably had more than one anxiety or panic kind of attack. So just relax into it and say, well, I know if that happens, I have so-and-so I can call. Have a trusted friend or family member that you would call in such a, a situation so that you begin to know that you're not alone in this. You have someone that you will call if you go beyond what you think is a normal anxiety attack, a normal anxiety attack. I can't even believe I'm saying those words, but yes because most of us have been through it enough to know. And yes, we all thought that this one is different. This one is the one that takes me down. This isn't anxiety. This is the thing that takes me down. And many times that's when people call 911. I know many people that call the ambulance. And let me tell you this, as soon as they call the ambulance, and maybe as soon as you call your friend, it starts to come down. Now that could be due to timing, or it could be due to reassurance. They know help is on the way. And then all of a sudden, no more heart racing, no more chest pain, no more breathing crazy. It's all gone. It was because they were looking for reassurance. They were looking for help to be on the way. So create a plan. And maybe it doesn't have to involve going to the hospital as the first thing that you do. You can call your friend or family member. Maybe you have journal entries that you can go back to where this happened before. And you can reread it, have a little sticky tag on there. So you can go back to it and say, oh, this is exactly what happened before. This is evidence that I have been through this before. And I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to not care so much this time. So I did talk about doing some exposure, right? Where you deal with your health issue or your fear head on, on purpose. Exposure times usually involve exposing ourselves to the feared situation or object in a safe and controlled environment. Sometimes life will throw it at us, but sometimes we can bring ourselves close to it in a controlled environment. So with someone with a fear of a health issue, let's say, an exposure time might involve gradually getting closer to the situation or the stimuli that triggers the fear of the illness or the disease. And so here are some steps that can be taken to practice with fear of a health issue. So you could identify the feared situation or stimuli. 
You can do this by journaling, or you could do it with your therapist or your coach or even a friend to identify the specific situation or stimuli that trigger your fear of the health issues. And it might include something like going to the doctor we could use as an example. And so that could be reading about health issues in the news or feeling physical sensations in the body. These can all be triggering for some people. So you start with low level exposure and you begin with that low level that is less anxiety provoking, but is still in the same arena. For example, the person who is afraid of the heat, the rush that they get when they're anxious, that overwhelming hot feeling. I used to get this hot, the heat. They can practice by purposefully being in a warm environment and relaxing in the warm environment on purpose. You're doing this on purpose. You're not in a situation where you're working or you have other things going on. You're doing this on purpose. So it's all that you are having to deal with. And you breathe slowly, you relax your muscles and you sit and be okay with the sensation of heat. And then for that, we could gradually increase the exposure by over time increasing the level, using heat again as the example, eventually visiting a steam room or a sauna. And again, being there on purpose with a plan, breathing slowly, relaxing your muscles, and letting the heat be okay. And not only okay, but welcome. We practice relaxation techniques in wherever our triggers are. And those are like deep breathing or progressive muscle relaxation during the exposure, whatever it is that you have chosen. And remember, you have been practicing these and you have been in training for the big game day. Be sure to also congratulate yourself every time you complete an exposure. Having a therapist, a coach, a friend is a bonus, but you can take small steps yourself. By having life throwing you a dizzy moment, you can draw on your many hours of practice with longer, slower exhalations, consciously relaxing your muscles and telling yourself that you can do this. Buy yourself some time before hitting the panic button, just as an experiment, and see how you do. It may not be perfect, it may not be pretty, but you will get through it, and you will get to count it as one of your successes. I hope today's show has been helpful for you. I thank our dear listener again for sending your letter and sharing so that we could open this up a little bit more for everybody. And now for today's quote. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's from Susan Jeffers. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.